Welcome back to Bread and Butter, everybody, where we are serving up the basics for Hearthstone improvement. Welcome to episode 27, where we have the arena expert, Judge. Judge, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks very much for having me on. Good to see you, Doc and Tito. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just been grinding wow and uh, just been relaxing on Memorial Day. Tito, how about yourself? I've just been relaxing myself. Well, it was a busy day, but we'll talk about that. Um, other than that, um, not much. Just watching my Celtics lose. They're, they're, I turned the game off to do the podcast, <laughs> but I thought I was going to have to do a, a heavy balance of keeping an eye on the game, but they're f- behind far enough where uh, it's not. Com- they're not coming back, so what can you do? So you keep the game off during the podcast, and then when we're done, you turn it on, and then there's a huge comeback, right? That's the way to go. <laughs> That's happened many times. Uh, there's there's one time where uh, I went to opening day uh, for the Red Sox. I used to go to the Red Sox all the time. I had season tickets. But uh, mm-hmm. tradition, we used to go to opening day. And the Red Sox were getting their asses handed to them. And they were down like seven runs. And somebody I was with wasn't feeling good. So we're like, fine, we'll leave. I never left. I used to never leave baseball games early no matter what. We're like, fine, we'll go because you're not feeling well, blah, blah, blah. Red Sox are losing. In the end, Mo Vaughn hit a grand slam to cap off the victory. It was, you know, one of those games you don't want to miss the whole thing for, but it is what it is. You, you stay and that never happens, though, right? That's just the way it goes. That only happened because you stood up and left, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. But, Judge, what have you been doing in the game of Hearthstone? What have I been doing in the game of Hearthstone? Well, I've been playing a lot of Arena... Uh, you know, that's why I'm here, you know, fantastic mode, uh, playing a lot of arena. I've also been, um, playing a little bit more constructed in the last couple months or so than I have in, in, in the last couple of years. So arena and constructed at the moment, uh, I know, I know you guys are aware I've been, I've dabbling in the heroic brawl and, you know, I know we're going to talk a, a bit about that later on. But I've been a, been just like grinding arena. It's we've got that new leaderboard that was just released a couple months ago in arena. Which I say this like I'm not sure uh, if like the listeners how much they know about arena. If people are even aware of this new leaderboard system. If you are cool. If you're not, uh, arena always had like a, a a leaderboard for the last few years where you would take your best 30 consecutive runs and then whatever that was would go on the leaderboard. It kind of disappeared for a few months. And just recently we got a new live leaderboard. That's right. Arena with a live leaderboard uh, that, uh, you know, 30 runs minimum. And then it kind of is just like a fluctuating average that is live and dynamic. And so, that's probably brought a bit of a spark to some competitive players in the last couple months. So I've been playing a little bit more on the competitive front than the couple months where leaderboards didn't exist. <laughs> so that's been nice as well in the last little bit. So yeah, grinding a, a lot of arena, um, playing a lot of competitive and a lot of fun meme runs in that. And then uh, doing just enough constructed to be making, you know, we're making legend. We're, we're, playing a bit competitively here and there uh, as well and haven't touched uh, really any of the other modes other than that now you said that it was keeping track of 30 runs now is that your last 30 run always on that leaderboard or does it keep track of your best 30 runs how does that work 
So, so the new leaderboard is very interesting. But the la- the former leaderboard was simply the best 30 in a row you had, whether it was your first 30, your last 30, somewhere in the middle. The new leaderboard system is a little bit more complex, where you need minimum 30 runs, and then you get your average over that 30. And then, oh boy, how does it exactly work? You get you Whenever you add a new run, I think it like divides your old average by like 30. It's like you multiply it by 1 over 30. It, it, it's like a, an estimation of how you've been doing. Man, I, I have a video on this. How exactly does it work? It, it's pretty much just like a dynamic, your average is roughly this, but it gives more weight to your more recent runs. So that way you have this feeling of, you know, my runs that I'm doing more recently actually matter, you know, instead of just playing, say you play 40 runs. Yes, people play that much, you know, in, in our world, people play a lot of arena runs. <laughs> say, say you play, uh, you know, 40 runs and you're like, okay, well, I got a pretty solid average, um, you know, are my runs really going to make that much of a difference? They do because the, the more you play, the less weight the first runs have. So it's this it's this dynamic system that doesn't give you your exact true average. Um, it could be slightly higher, slightly lower, but it, it keeps it more up to date with how you're doing recently. Now you seem a little defensive about arena first a couple times, being like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "Yes, we do play." Is there any reason for yes, that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think if you, I think if you have played enough Hearthstone to be listening to this podcast, you know, you know. I think I don't think you stream three or four years of arena without having to be on the defense a little bit great mode but we gotta it's our job to convince people of that too you know i, I think ever since uh Kriparian moved on from arena and maybe even a bit before that there's been this rhetoric of uh you know arena keck w uh maybe not as much as mercenaries or anything but uh yeah i think <laughs> it's it's not the it's not the most popular mode you know obviously battlegrounds and standard are the most popular modes and uh, i think it's just a little bit less knowledge and uh, less uh you know not not as many people know about uh, all the intricacies of arena as they do about say standard or or battlegrounds it's it's still just i'm just you know it's just a little it's jokes right like it's all just fun and games maybe they'll learn a little bit about the arena though and find their way after this podcast i hope so doc what have you been up to in hearthstone yeah so just been playing a lot of bgs uh yesterday had an awful day. I played about 10 games, had one fourth place where I earned zero MMR. Feels good. And then the rest of the day, it was seventh or eighth place. And I don't know what I, I couldn't tell what I was doing wrong. Um, it was just one of those days where just nothing was working apparently. But uh, yeah, so that, uh, that hurt quite a bit. I mean, I didn't lose anything cause I was at uh, 5,500, but uh, still doesn't feel good to just, like, six, seven turns, you're out, you know? Um, especially after getting that fourth place with earning nothing. Win streak's coming soon, that's what that means. It all balances out. Just yeah. A few firsts in a row, for sure. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, Tito, how about yourself? Well, I've been living on the wrong end of Legend uh, this time around, uh, and I've decided that I'm not going to have the ability to course correct this month, so... Um, I mostly, been, but most of the month I've been practicing for THL matches and focusing on uh, on that kind of thing. So um, I am going to try, and I don't know if I'll have time, but if, if I have time, I'm going to try to make an early push for Legend in June, and then try to maintain it as best as possible. Because you come in eight thousand, nine thousand, you can catch a hot run of cards, and 
and, and maybe move yourself up but you have to get in early if you don't have that mmr to kind of fix that mmr so we're gonna see if we can make that happen next month but outside of that um i lost this week's thl match i went five games uh again uh although i i could have won because my 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 opponent i was up th two games to one and my opponent exited out thinking that we were done i was like are we are we gonna continue he's like oh yeah that's right it's five i should have just let him go but um i have actually <laughs> uh that that wanted to be sporting um i have yeah, you played... couldn't have done it you could never have done it <laughs> um i don't know maybe no I um but i have played i have played um four matches now and i have taken each of them to five games so i have gotten my max Heck value yeah. out of thl and and apparently the the even if you lose the series if you win a couple games those points help so uh we're, yep. we're gonna keep doing what yep, we can every do. point helps but uh judge what do you do outside of hearthstone what have you been doing so lately, uh, I have been so obsessed with Stardew Valley. I've been playing so much Stardew Valley off stream lately. Um, you know, I I had never played before. I had, uh, you know, it's a such a popular game. And I, you know, got gifted the game a, a while back and just didn't have the time because I was playing so much Hearthstone Arena. You know how, how that is? And I've, just, I've been crushing Stardew. And now, now we've got... Tears of the Kingdom out, and I've had to juggle Stardew with that. So I've been pretty busy with uh, with video games, uh, even outside of working with video games. So that's been a lot of what I'm doing right now. Um, I am in a situation where I'm kind of in a little bit of limbo in my living situation because I am married, but I don't live with my wife because she is American and I'm Canadian. So. Uh, we are going through an immigration process. I'm, I'm looking for a temporary visa, and that process takes years. So we've been married over two years, and I'm waiting to get the okay to go and move to the States. So I'm kind of just like, I also, the place I was staying before, my landlord sold the house. So right now, I'm living at, with my aunt in the bottom half of her place. For the next couple months, waiting until I get that okay. So, like right now, my life is kind of like waiting game. Like, hello, government, let me let me come over. So, just kind of chilling for a little bit until uh, I get that okay. Um, you do know what our healthcare system looks like, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. We're we're uh, <laughs> she's got good insurance. She's got good insurance. Uh, thank goodness. But <laughs> plan might not always be to stay in Washington, but we've got options, right? We hop back and forth. We'll keep our eyes on those. Uh, I mean, there's a Hearthstone podcast. I don't need to get it. We'll keep our eyes on those polls as well. And uh, you know, we got <laughs> we got we got room to bounce around. So, but first step is living together, right? <laughs> so real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm originally from Washington state. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've lived here in Utah for three years, but I born and raised in Pacific Northwest. So oh, wow. it's gorgeous I mean, from where I'm from. Like yeah. I'm in Southern Ontario and like going to like Seattle area. My goodness. Is it so much more just gorgeous? Like uh, seeing a mountain. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't see that over, over, uh, <laughs> over in Ontario. So it's, it's, it's a gorgeous city. Now, would you say, like, yes, is. Washington is kind of like 
Kickstarter America for Canada, Canada, uh, Canadian. That's right? what that's what I hear, right? It's like if that's a good place to, to head as a, as a Canadian, uh, little like to ease myself in, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go right to Florida. You gotta you gotta get that. That's right. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> no one wants heard, to go right to Florida. That, yeah, <laughs> you you never go for Florida, Doc. What have you been up to outside of the game? Uh, yeah. So, uh, my knee started crawling yesterday. So that's fantastic. It broke my heart because that means she's getting bigger. Uh, today, um, I've just been trying to grind getting the Volpira race and wow. And I'm just over halfway there and it's just a slog. But it's it's fun and I can't wait to have my little fox person. And yeah, and then played D&D last night with a new D&D group and that was a lot of fun. Just D&D is just a fun medium to play games with your friends, man. I just can't speak higher of it. Uh, Tito, how about yourself? Well, I think what's going to be a, a typical thing for me is I've been doing yard work. Uh, today I mucked out the chicken coop, which needs to be done a couple times a year, and that's never fun because it's weird angles and, 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 and smelly sawdust, but it is what it is, and got that done and did a lot of cleaning there. Um, I, went see, I, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy this week, which was... Um, Aside from a couple choices they made, was a really good movie. I, I wasn't a fan of how they portrayed Adam Warlock, but I guess they don't want to have another Captain Marvel type character in, involved in things. So I can see where they're going with that. Um, and tomorrow we have solar panels being installed bright and early, so um, that'll be fun. And hopefully, will save me some money, which will be great. But um, enough about me, Doc. We know all about me. Why don't we um, get to know our guests a little bit? Yeah, so Judge, uh, what was your start in video games? This is a, this is a funny one. Now, I've, of course, as many streamers, I've always been uh, big into video games and, and that, but I never really thought that I would be uh, here where I am streaming and, and, con and creating content. So, uh, you know, throughout my childhood, big, big into all sorts of video games. As far as getting into Hearthstone and into streaming, um, I actually started streaming on Twitch because... I lost a bet with my roommate who <laughs> who wanted me to start streaming. Uh, so I played, he's the one who showed me the game of Hearthstone. It was like, I know you like, you know, you're, you're a chess player and you like strategy games. Check this out. And, and uh, I think you'll like this game. So I was like, okay, cool. Three months later, you know, after he's nagged me and like, check this game out, dude. And I'm like, I'm busy. I got this going on. I check out Hearthstone. I'm like, okay, this game actually rules. This is super fun. Um, and I started playing a whole bunch. This was while I was in school, while I was in university. And, uh, so, you know, I'd have my phone out sometimes in, in class and I'd be playing at home and, and, uh, checking out the game. And, and then he started saying, like, I started getting better and better. Obviously you, you start out with your classic collection, learning the game. And it's a, a process to get to a place where you actually, uh, are familiar with, with how to win a few more games, but I started getting a little better, a little better. And, um, my roommate said that often I would be talking about my gameplay when I'm on my phone and like, look at this and check this play out. And he would comment like, what you're saying to me is what like streamers do, man. Like you could be, you could try streaming. I think you could be good at it. You like, you have the same sort of like, you're, you talk the same way and you're telling me about your plays. And I'm like, that sounds dumb. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound, I don't know, man. I had never been on Twitch <laughs> in my life. Uh, actually, that's not true. Once. I'd been on Twitch once to uh, check out Twitch Plays Pokemon. 
when it was active. Yep. Um, and I didn't even know what platform it was on. I just had someone, a different roommate actually show me that. And I was like, this rules. Never really knew what it was or what platform it was on. But uh, yeah, so he, he said, I really think you should try it. You know, I'm like, who would want to, who would want to watch me play video games, man? That's, you know, I'm completely ignorant of the whole community aspect and the whole, you know, exactly what streaming brought. And, and, you know, obviously I've been doing it for a long time now and I, I, I absolutely love it. But I had, I had no clue. And so he said, okay, look, if you make Legend this month, which I had never done before, because, you know, it takes, especially back then, you started from rank 16, even if you were Legend, right? And it was a, a lot longer of a process to make Legend mm-hmm. back then than, than it might be now with the star bonuses. Um, so he said, look, if you make Legend, if you give it your, a shot and you make Legend, you start streaming. And, you know, if not, then I don't even remember what the other end of the bargain was. But I was like, okay, sure, because that's not going to happen. I've never made it before. Uh, I think I didn't play enough to make it. I'd been like rank five and then walled at rank four. And then I gave it a good shot, played a little bit more that month and I made it. And I was like, well, okay, I guess, sure. I guess I'll give it a try. Um, I, I waited until I graduated from school uh, to make sure I had a little more time. My plan was going to be that I was going to work full time for like a year or two to save up for a master's uh, program. And so I said, okay, now's a good time. I'll, I'll stream a little bit at nights and see how it feels. So I think I have a little bit of, of maybe a more unique experience than some Hearthstone streamers who come in who already, you know, know the community, know streamers, know, you know, maybe they, maybe they were a longtime viewer of a few other Hearthstone streamers and they're like, I'm going to give it a try. You know, people know who they are. I knew nobody. I didn't even know what the website was called even at first, you know, <laughs> like just completely in the, in the dark about this. So I uh, did some research, figured out. And another thing about me is I'm a, I'm a bit better now, but I was all, always terrible with software, hardware. I had no clue how to get this started. So I, I did some research, asked for some help, bought a reasonably priced camera and, and mic and gave it a try, started streaming, you know, to of course when you start you don't know anyone to pretty much nobody for the first little bit and uh uh you know got lucky enough to get a few followers quick uh, early on and started making relationships with some viewers and and chatting and was like hey you know what this is actually pretty cool i didn't expect i don't know what i expected but it was like you know if you've never been on twitch before there's that like what what's what are the different appeals of this and what is the, you know, whole nature of this? And I found out pretty quick that you, you get a, you know, good relationship with the community and you start, you know, getting people who come in and, and watch quite consistently. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and so I, I started streaming a little more and a little more and eventually I got uh, a raid or two from some uh, much bigger arena players. It's funny because I actually didn't even stream arena at first. I was just like Hearthstone. I'll play standard. Sometimes I'll mix in an arena run or whatever. And I happened to get uh, raided by uh, Boozer TV, actually one of the, one of the, if not the best uh, arena player to play in at least the Americas. And uh, I got that raid and met a whole lot of people there. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll keep streaming arena because that's where all these, what all these people want to see. So uh, that started, the channel started to grow and, and I kind of fell in love with it. So a little bit of an awkward start and uh, something I didn't expect, but ended up being really good. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. That's definitely d- way different than 
every other guest we've had on the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know you kind of touched on it earlier, um, but you were essentially 100% arena, and the last couple months you said you started to play standard. Yeah. So I've always, um, I've always liked to play pretty much every mode Hearthstone's had to offer. And you know, I already talked about my my. Uh, off-stream Stardew and, and Zelda adventures and all that. And I actually do stream a fair amount of variety after I'm done with my arena content um, on Twitch. So I, I just like so many games, but it's hard to... You can't really incorporate absolutely everything into your content creation, right? You kind of have to focus on on uh, this and focus on this and keep things a little more, you know, narrow. For uh, It depends. I guess every experience is different, right? Um, so generally, for the last long time, I've been... You know, I was 100% arena, and then I was, like, mostly arena, and I mixed in a few, a bit of variety, but that's kind of just, like, bonus stuff. I was still an arena guy, right? Um, and just recently, I uh, stepped into more into the YouTube game outside of just Twitch. You get to a point where, you know, some of the best advice for content creators who are growing is start your YouTube channel early and, and do both. And, and I think that's really healthy for a lot of growing streamers. I didn't do YouTube at all for the longest time, just Twitch. And I started getting into a little bit of YouTube, uh, uh, hired an editor who's fantastic and we've been working together and, and uh, growing that. And I've been kind of like just doing different, you know, experimenting with different content there. And the content that seems to just have landed the most is deck lists and gameplay of standard. And, you know, we've been, we've been pushing that a lot more and I've always liked standard again. I, I didn't even, I wasn't an arena player before I started streaming. I played a lot of standard before that. So I was like, cool. And, and now as of right now, Twitch, I'm playing pretty much nothing but arena, a little bit of standard here and there, but that's super new. And then like my YouTube channel is like mostly standard right now. So it's kind of like they're different audiences. And that's something that I've been told is like, don't treat it as the the same like you've got different people watching your youtube videos as who are watching you on twitch but it's a little bizarre but yeah so i've been i've been sometimes playing a little little more standard on stream now both to like get some youtube content and just to like push in that direction a little bit too but still but still definitely mostly arena nice um so what about arena do you enjoy so much it's 100% the deck building. I think that uh, I've always, way before I started streaming, whether it was Hearthstone, other games, the whole idea of this, like, you get a random set of cards, how can you put this together in the best way? That kind of gameplay has always been one of my favorites um, in every single aspect of the game, where you you have to just make the best of the situation that, that is is given to you. And arena deck building, I think, is one of the most difficult things in Hearthstone entirely, um, especially since we've had the rise of, you know, HS replay data and other data to kind of give you a lot of leeway with deck building. And now, not to say that, you know, you, you can take certain meta decks you find online and, and definitely go legend or, or whatever, but it does take a little bit of extra deck building knowledge to truly be among the best. That's always true. But I think for arena... You have your ranking scores, but those don't really take into account your particular deck. And I think that deck, the skill of deck building is very, very important in Arena, even more so than, than Standard, like to know how to generally make good Hearthstone decks. So it's uh, that and the fact that 
every single arena run is a unique experience. You never, you know, I've played hundreds, maybe even thousands of arena decks and not one of them has been the same, right? And standard, I, and again, I do love standard. I love all all, all Hearthstone modes. I, I truly do. Well, okay, most of the Hearthstone modes. I haven't played much Mercenaries. <laughs> I, 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 I only get maybe one more shot at Mercenaries for the podcast now, probably. Nobody has. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, it's you, you do play a lot of the exact same matchups, right? You, like a lot. It's the exact same 30 cards versus the exact same 30 cards. Now, each game might be a little bit different, but you get a lot more of a unique experience in Arena, in my opinion. So that's what I really like about it. The different uh, gameplay that you get all the time, different decks, and the idea of uh, this sort of unique deck building, I, I'm a huge fan of. So that very nicely leads us into the next thing. So Brawlseum is out. You got a 12-win Brawlseum run. I did. What was that experience like? So um, that it's so interesting because, uh, you know, every time a Brawlseum comes around, I like to investigate. Arena, arena professionals generally do have an absurd amount of gold. Um, it's, it's a rare, um, thing, but if you are able to average a certain amount in the arena, you, they call it going infinite. If you go seven wins, they call it going infinite. And the reason they call it that is because you at least get your gold back from your original investment in the run. So if you average over seven, then you will just gain gold, gain gold, gain gold nonstop. And now with the, uh, you know, the reward system that has been improved, and you can get a bit more gold from the, uh, you know, from that uh, rewards track. You you probably they call it going soft infinite is when you go like something like six point five ish, and you still get infinite gold due to the rewards system in addition to your rewards in arena. So most top arena players, you know, I, I think like you know you look at a, a guy like Dreads who is a, a huge uh, personality, a very well known arena streamer. He's got like a hundred over a hundred thousand gold. Uh, and he sometimes will drop, you know, 20,000 on, on this or that and play some brawls or whatever. It's the guy, you know, most arena players pretty much just have a, a near unlimited amount of gold. I went and spent like 80,000 gold on packs once uh, because I was pressured to <laughs> by a viewer uh, and I have no regrets. I was, I was achievement hunting. I wanted those achievements for the past wild sets. But regardless of whether I have 10,000 or 100,000 or 50,000, as long as the meta doesn't shift so much to squash those averages at the top i essentially have um infinite gold and that's why like the the brawlzeum rolls around and it's a very risky thing to attempt for even good players uh because it it's a uh, instead of a consistent you get to this you get your gold back it's more of a a little bit more of a lottery right it's a it's a huge reward for the top end but much less consistent it's a little less of a price to pay when you're an arena player and have all that gold waiting uh, by. So it's good content. It's fun. And uh, I know a lot of my viewers definitely can't afford to be paying that thousand gold up front when maybe three or four is even still a good result. So I do it for them too, where it's like, you know, you can experience this and we can have some fun. Um, and, you know, so it, it's nice for a lot of reasons. I've managed to go 12 in the Heroic Brawlizium, I think for the last three or four which is, oh, wow. yeah, which is, uh, you know, I, I, I truly do believe that no matter how good you are, 
that there is definitely a luck aspect to going 12 in the heroic Rollyzeum. You need, you know, the matchups got to be there. The, you know, stuff like that. You can run into, you can take the same deck in, run into some counters, get unlucky. But uh, I, I, you know, I think that in a more tournament style setting, like the the Brawlizium is rather than ladder, there's some deck building decisions that need to be made. More, you know, instead of just, I have this win rate and I will, say I have a 60% win rate with an aggro deck, that's going to go grow faster on ladder than a 65% win rate with a mid-range deck. So I play the aggro deck because I'm going to grow, uh, you know, I'm going to gain more ranks quicker or whatever. That doesn't apply to the Brawlizium, right? Only your your win rate. And it changes the meta. It changes a lot of uh, even tech decisions some people are making. So I think there is some, a little bit of extra deck building in, in the Heroic Brawlizium. That and also top legend ladder have that kind of feel to you where you're teching a little more uh, and that. So I think I think arena players sometimes do a little better with that kind of setting than people think because they have a lot of experience with that uh, with that deck building aspect. But yeah, fantastic! It was a super fun fun run. Did it with Warrior, no less. I know that's always what? a fun one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> did it with Warrior and Rage Warrior. Deck's insane. And so I know we're going to talk more about arena and good classes and good cards in arena, but Warrior is the best class in arena right now. Um. It, the, some of the cards they have are just insane and uh you know anima extractor and bridge riff are, are probably two that are just dominating arena meta and i you know two of those in in the constructed deck for sure in in uh in rage had me feeling right at home so that's pretty cool uh so have you ever played magic so i not really I did download it and try it. I have I have a friend, a good buddy of mine, who has been trying to get me to play more Magic ever since I started streaming Hearthstone. And I, I have downloaded it, and I have played exactly eight games of Magic the Gathering, and I am 8-0. and oh. So I don't know if I can start playing again after that. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it's all beginners, and it's you've got to be your like basic decks that you know you don't really know what you're doing quite yet. Uh, you know, the equivalent of queuing in in Hearthstone at you know Bronze twenty five twenty or whatever, and winning some games there with your classic versus classic matchups, but I won them. I made, oh, you know, all-time record. Um, I think that when I was maybe going to consider trying Magic, it was a little earlier on in my streaming career where I think I needed to invest more time in Hearthstone than other games. Only, like, in the last year and a bit have I been able to explore more new games, even if they are similar, like Magic. But I haven't, haven't played a whole lot of it, no. Okay. Uh, so, so then you've never played limited in Magic, then? I so I, I assume that limited would it be the same uh, idea as Arena, like a draftable? Yes, deck? I do know uh, what I have heard. Right in Magic is that, and a very interesting uh, thing about it is that you get to keep the cards in your collection when you draft them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's super cool. Such a you know, as someone who's only played Hearthstone Arena and not touched limited magic, that's like such a bizarre I wonder what how that would shape my drafts as a beginner, you know? Forget I, I already have this card in my collection. Forget going this many mm -hmm. wins. I'm grabbing that uh, for my collection all day. It's uh, quite a interesting so I, thing. I can speak personally to when I draft in like Magic Gathering Arena that sometimes I will just go I'll just do a rarity pick instead of like a card that fits the colors that I've been getting in the draft. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
I like I know Hearthstone will never do this, but I would love if Arena was the same as Limited and Magic, where you got to keep some of the cards. Like it doesn't have to be a hundred percent. Like if it's like you get to keep three cards out of an arena run, that would make it so much more worth it to me to invest the gold. I probably won't get back right Absolutely. away yeah. because I'm not good at deck building. Yeah. Well, and, and even if like, regardless, it's really only the, like there's a under two digit number of people who will average seven in the world. Truly average seven plus you see some high numbers on the leaderboard. There are reasons for that that are above their true average. Most players, even good players, even people who are, are good at deck building, it's a it's a tough thing to get people to be playing arena when the ask is so high and the return is so difficult. Um, and I think that, yeah, adding, if you got those cards to your collection, that would be a spectacular way to encourage new players. As it is right now, uh, the arena is a lot of, you know, hardcore, strong players and it can just be a bloodbath for new players to try, right? They, they hop in, they spend 150 gold. Often, when you're a new player, you get one arena run, and then it's going to be a, a little bit of time before you earn that gold to, to get your next run. And if you hop in, you go one and three. Even if you draft a great deck, you go one and three or whatever. It's going to be, it's going to be tough to get them to come back in, right? Getting a, a collection boost would be a fantastic way to get new players. But I agree. I think that's uh, probably pretty far beyond what Hearthstone would would do for yeah. for uh, the economy for for those cards but that'd be a super cool idea well one of the things you were saying was about deck building and you like the deck building aspect of arena mm. one of the cool things about doing the limited draft is is so you open a pack you take a card and then you pass it to the right and so whatever yeah so 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 it's not only just mm. but like if you're not worried about the collection aspect and maybe you'd keep the super rare cards like oh hey i just pulled a jace or whatever i'm gonna keep that no matter what but um you can also say, well, I noticed that there's been a lot of uh, black cards going this way. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I should start kind of diluting that pool. There's a lot more you could probably put into a, a limited draft than the way Hearthstone works. For sure, yeah. I mean, zero interaction with what your opponent's deck will look like in Hearthstone, right? Your opponent does their own separate thing, and, and there's nothing you can do to control that. Definitely just an extra element of, of strategy, and a difficult one, too, with uh, being able to kind of maybe gauge what your opponents are doing. I think that is super cool too. Maybe it's not too late for me. Maybe I get into some magic limited. I know uh, that uh, that buddy I, I have is relentless and, and is uh, always on me. So, uh, you know, maybe I do. It sounds very cool. Well, when you're a lot poorer, when you move to the uh, United States, don't blame mm -hmm. us. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the mini set got fully revealed today. We know all the cards. Are there any cards in this mini set you're excited for in Arena? Uh, yeah, okay. So as a professional, I've definitely looked at all the cards because it would be crazy if I hadn't, right? Like if I didn't look at today's cards, that'd be nuts, especially before appearing on a podcast. That'd be ludicrous, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do know most of the cards. I do know most of the cards. And, uh, you know, it's so interesting looking at cards for Arena because... Uh, such a different subset of card is generally the the like really big power cards like a lot of the huge power cards in arena are not even playable and constructed and that, that's pretty pretty crazy usually the um overlap of that is cards that are a little more expensive that are simply too slow and constructed they might be amazing stats but they don't win you the game uh cards that are like that, I would say I'd say pack the house 
the Scourge, utterly broken in Arena. And, you know, I, I've seen a few Overload Shamans in general, actually. But then, like, a couple of them would pack the house. And it's usually just too slow of a turn. And the Scourge might be a good discover off of Vizier sometimes, but it's it's never run, right? Um, so, like, looking at, at some of the cards as far as what it's going to do to Arena, very, very different. I look at the... Um, the new lifesteal cleave and get pretty I again for for the listeners I'm sure there are a few cards I know I saw a three mana three two that adds two cards to your hand that's the kind of card that in arena just great value that will be a fantastic card even if that randomness and low stats won't be good enough for for constructed that kind of card is great but particularly when I saw that cleave card that is going to heal you for nine and uh really importantly handle a lot of minions on your opponent's board in arena that looks like a very strong card um when you're playing arena a lot of the times too unlike constructed like you can't guarantee that you will have refresh or value or you know running out of cards and running out of steam is a very real thing that you know unless you're playing the most aggro of aggro decks you know and then it's you know you're 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 not going to have a good time when you're running a steam in the mid game. So when you can trade one card of yours for three of the others, that's more devastating in arena than it is for most standard decks. So that cleave is a big deal. The lifesteal is maybe actually less of a big deal in arena than standard, but still obviously relevant. That card looks just very solid. It can actually help adapt hunter to uh, have a, a little more utility um, because sometimes your draft in arena doesn't give you an aggro hunter. Sometimes you have to take a, a mid-range hunter, and sometimes you have to take a control hunter. Yeah, there, there's a there's a control hunter. <laughs> That's the thing in arena. So this will really help to um, make more consistent archetypes for. I say hunter. It's a it's a it's a dual class card as well. Is it, is it death knight or is it um, a demon hunter? Demon hunter. I thought so, but yeah. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. E- either, either way, like that that uh, Demon Hunter, Hunter, aggro class, having the utility to play multiple archetypes and just getting potentially a two or three for one on the card is is very, very good. But a uh, two mana cost five health probably. Still not good. A two-two. <laughs> no, I don't think that's going to be good. Like, I try, we talked about this a little before we started the recording, and I was like, you know what? Health doesn't matter as much in Arena as it does in Constructed. So, you know, if free minions, but, you know, it's a 2-2. Two, two. It's a 2-2. Two, two. It's <laughs> okay. tiny. So, so one card, though, that I, that I know is people already thinking it will be trash in most decks in uh, Standard is the... Uh, I, I forget. The, it's a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five Legendary. I think that's what it is. But it's Battle Cry is right. draw 5 cards, give all the spells you've drawn to your opponent. That seems like that's a crazy arena card. Yeah, so it, it should be a crazy arena card. And now uh, the the downside is devastating in arena as well. The downside is devastating. It really depends um, what kind of meta we're dealing with. In dual class arena, this past dual class, I would draft uh, decks that had 27 minions and three spells or even even more than that. In this meta... You know, I'm I'm getting a lot more spells offered than I did in that previous meta. So, a, a very big like, okay, what what's the meta going to look like upon mini set? Like, how many spells are going to be offered? Because that's another big thing. It's not just about what cards 
exist in the meta, some cards of the same rarity are adjusted individually to have different different offering rights. So you have cards that are in 70% of decks in a class. You have other cards that are in 5%. So what are the offering rates going to be on, on good spells is going to play a big impact. It's going to have a big impact on how good the card is. Um, because if you draw, like it's, it's, I think it's going to be generally a very, very strong card in arena. And then there'll be the times you're offered it and you're like, I can't in this deck. I can't. It's just not going to be consistent or, or worth it enough. But that's where it comes into play where you draft it, right? That when, when, when you get it, like if that, if you get it as the 27th choice, you can look at your deck and say, nah, it's not going to worth it. If you pick it as your third choice, then you have the concept of, well, maybe I don't have to take spells here. I'm going to take minions and... And, yeah, and or at least take take more minions when it's a toss up, and it also depends on the class selection too, because you know you'd rather have that card in, and I mean, in a hunter than a priest. That's that's always mm -hmm. going to be true for for any mode. But yeah, it looks very strong. And another card, you know, what I I did just remember a card that was released that is probably the best card I've seen for arena, and it, I, I don't know, is it going to be too slow for like control paladin? Is that new weapon the six mana three four? Whenever you attack, set the uh, minions health to 3-3, three, three, attack and health to 3-3. Mm -hmm. three, three. That card is going to be bananas in Arena. Like, that card, I, I, I believe, will need to be manually adjusted to appear in far fewer decks because it is so broken. Um, which is, it, again, as someone now who is playing more standard, it's it's funny to have both of those sides when it's like, <laughs> it's a 6-mana 3-4 weapon. You know, what? who cares, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's slow. But it'll, it'll be broken in Arena. Um, getting a four for one for a, for one card shutting down a lot of potential threats which you may not have that many uh you know uh big threats in in uh, in arena it's that card is going to be absurd how is overheal doing in arena so heartthrob is nasty because the thing about arena too is you don't need to get a six or an eight cost with heartthrob for it to be good you get a you just get one three cost with your heartthrob. That's amazing tempo. That's great tempo, right? So you don't need to to hit the nuts with the overheal synergy like you might need to in constructed to get a relevant threat. So um I guess the answer to that is heartthrob is great, but that's kind of about it. Uh right. That card is good. <laughs> overheal in general, not as relevant outside of just that card. So, with Arena, if you could change one thing that you think would make Arena better, what would it be? Man, that's a, that's a tough question. It's, it's always a tough one because, like, everyone obviously has different ideas of what makes for an enjoyable meta and what things would be fun for Arena. A common one uh, that people talk about is, like, using older sets instead of just the newer ones. We had a lot of, like you know, uh, metas where we had some sets from five years ago and some from three and some new ones. And people are like, you know, Arena doesn't necessarily do well with all these insanely high power cards that we're seeing in newer sets. So maybe getting that difference. And then like the other half of people will say, no, those old cards are boring. Uh, bring on all the new high powered cards. It's just like, there's, it's very di divisive as to what is going to make Arena take that next step. For me personally, I, I would like to see the win rate gap from the top to bottom just get a little narrower. We, we've, we've had a lot of metas where uh, 
the top few classes are just like in another league than uh, the the middle, and they're in another league than the bottom. Um, you know, it's been we've we've seen some steady improvements um, ever since the there's a, a new modes team about say six to eight months old now that took over and before that we kind of had no balancing and it was uh, not a great time for arena we've had, we've had some steady improvements with this new team but we're still seeing you know 15 to 20 percent gaps from top to bottom with the bottom classes really just feeling like a, a much worse experience with a lot less class cards you get a lot more neutrals and it feels like you can't compete i want to see that that win rate get a little narrower it's uh it's maybe not as bad as it sounds sometimes because I think that it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy with the online stats where you'll have, uh, you know, a certain gap. There'll be a top class, a bottom class. And then because those early stats come out, no one picks the, you know, go the good players just say, okay, I'm going to only take the top classes. And so those classes get a higher win rate, even higher and higher. And the good players don't play the bottom classes and they get even lower and lower because only the people who don't pay attention to that kind of stuff are playing them. But I, I do think we could use a little bit of a tweak on some of the more busted things in the best decks and a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit more offering right on some of the good class cards in the bottom. I think that would go a long way. What do you think about this? You pick your class, the beginning, like whatever, that's your hero power. And then instead of being presented with three choices out of these buckets, however they do it, you're just shown a Hearthstone pack. You pick one card from it. And then... Instead of being forced down the path of a class because you're that class, you can pick rogue card. I'm playing mage. I got a rogue card. Great. I got a priest card. Great. Whatever. So you pick one card from each pack, and it moves on, and 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 you build your arena deck just completely from those random. So all packs. the picks, all the picks are like that. I think that would be fantastic. And this is what I was talking about. Where you're gonna you're gonna get <laughs> people saying that sounds hysterical. That sounds fun. These decks are gonna be crazy. And you'll, of course, get also other people uh, who are like, there is, like, there should be considerations for me to be able to play around things. Like, I'm playing a priest. I know that clean the scene is a very common card. I'm not going to overcommit to this board. And that's a relevant style of, of, of thought. And that's important for, for the mode. So when you get that kind of randomness, they'll be like, I can't play around anything. I just get, it's kind of just like a, you know who's got what uh, lottery and so i get both sides um and that's that's the tough thing about you know pleasing arena players right is is there's completely reasonable uh, attitudes towards both of the both of those things right like we we commonly get metas where people want a little bit more excitement so like more I mean, maybe that could be something that happens for a week you know maybe there's an event like we we had uh, way back the caverns of time event that introduced new arena cards and that was really well received and very very fun and it only was for a week or two that's cool we haven't really gotten any of that in the last you know long long time so maybe something like that could be you know just like a short-term event that is just really fun to do well didn't that go on for a season like i thought that was that came out of blizzcon where we voted on cards and there were class cards that went on for like it was like a couple months I thought, but I could be wrong. But it was like they was it. So I'm trying to remember if this was even before my time starting my, my restream. Like they did a second one where they brought back a lot of the same cards. Yeah. And uh, just just adjusted them a little bit, and I played for that. I'm not I'm not 100 sure. Do we know? Do you, like offhand? Do we know what what year was the first Caverns of Time? I think it might have been before I was creating content. 
So maybe not, uh, you know, as much of a an expert when it comes to that particular meta or how long that was. But it was it was very I, like I still played on my own, right? I still like I love to do arena runs here and there as I was playing before I started streaming, and I remember that event and it was you know super fun. So it looks like it's almost been uh, five years. Yeah, right. So Does that math work out? Twenty eight June eleventh, twenty eighteen. So I started my first ever stream was October twenty eighteen. So just a few months later was my first stream. So close, but you were inspired by the event. You just forget about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Doc, I think I'm getting a little hungry. How about yourselves? Yeah, I am too, Tito. I could go for some grub all right so we're here to talk about arena obviously we've done pretty much nothing but talk about arena which has been great but now we're here to talk about arena more so for those of us that don't for those of our listeners out there that might have never stepped into arena what's the elevator pitch what is arena arena okay are you, for the elevator pitch you definitely don't talk about the 150 gold requirement you just go arena you know, you get to draft your very own deck without needing any cards in your collection. You can draft anything. You get three cards presented to you, and you pick one of those three 30 times to create your own unique deck. You then take that into the arena, play against opponents who have done the same, and duke it out to see who's constructed the better, the better list. If you lose three matches you're out and you're going to have to start a new arena deck if you want to play again. If you get up to 12 wins, the maximum, you get the the prized Lightforge key. I actually just learned that was called the Lightforge key like a few months ago, embarrassingly. As an arena player, that's extremely embarrassing. You know. <laughs> that's a, you know, the arena players out there know and they're ashamed, but uh, 12 wins max, 3 wins or 3 losses max. Do your best. Good luck in the arena. Do you ever wish that it went further? Do you ever wish that, like, you could take a deck and you could just keep on playing until you lost three? Or So, like, I actually get this question all the time. And the answer is, like, in theory, yeah, for sure. You know, you get an, uh, an Unreal deck. You, know, we've, uh, you even get, like, a deck that went 12-0, and you're like, how many, like, who would be able to stop this this list? And I particularly remember uh, when Descent of... Well, actually, it might have even been before Descent of Dragons, but... Uh, when Rotnest Drake was released, for those who don't know, that's a six mana, or sorry, a five mana, six five dragon. If you're holding a dragon, destroy a random enemy minion. And that card in Arena was busted. So disgusting. And uh, I had four of those in my deck. And uh, for those listening who don't know this, you can also get more than two copies of any card, and also more than one copy of a legendary. You can have multiple of the same legendary in your deck, too. So you get these odd instances where you get these decks that actually do these ideas, these constructed ideas, but even more consistently. I think I had uh, three Primordial Explorers, four Rotnest Drakes, and a couple of the, the dragon, the weapon, the three mana, three, two weapon that doesn't lose durability. And it was unstoppable. And this was back in a meta that had much less answers than today's meta. It was unstoppable. I remember drafting it and I told everyone, I was like, this has to go 12-0. Like, how does anybody stop this? And it did. And it went 12-0. And I just wonder, what decks out there, what kind of bad luck would 
I need to lose with this absolute monster high roll list. Uh, that being said, in practice, uh, going beyond 12, I think would, you know, technicalities, the queue times would just get so absurd. And because there's so few people actually up at those double digit records, your matchups are, are already not going to be 100%. So you might be going for your 14th win and you match into someone who's 10 and 2. Maybe you destroy them. And it's just going to be a little bit of a rough experience that way as far as matchmaking. If you wanted true exact matchmaking, you'd be waiting a lot more time than I think a lot of people would realize. So in theory, super fun idea for those great decks, but I think I don't think it would be a practical thing to actually employ. I had a theory. I had a, I had a proposal for this a few years ago. You mm. get the 12 wins, that deck becomes... Um, you, you get put into a different ladder with that deck. Mm -hmm. And that ladder is yeah, only... Like a legacy deck or you can take into play other people who have also done the same. Yeah, you no, know, but it's a, it's only on certain days. So that way it's not like you're queuing and well, where's no one else is queuing because the, the pool is so small. So it's like like a four, maybe like three or four times a month on these particular times and, and vary it so everyone could get involved or whatever like that. And then it becomes king of the hill. And then once you've lost once with that deck, you're out. But then whoever can take the most wins with their uh, busted arena deck, like they, they can keep on playing. And every time they have one of those days, you keep on playing. And then the best number, like, hey, I've won 17 times with this deck before I've lost. I am now king of the hill. And and, and I thought that could be something interesting where it can't be every That's time. That's a very fun idea. Even like, you know, I'm imagining that with like an in-client like leaderboard of who's the king of the hill and like a few people below them. And that's a super great. I, I think that if I think you're right where you need to do it on particular days to kind of like uh, cone traffic to bottleneck traffic into those matchups because you, you just don't see a lot of those high win decks. Um, you know, you watch you watch arena streamers and you think, you know, oh, you know, going 12, it happens uh, all the time or whatever. Uh, a common comment you get as an arena streamer is like, uh, I only took this deck to five wins. I'm not very good. And it's like, no, you, five wins is great. And you just watch like three of the top 10 players in the world all the time. And your, your idea of what is good is so skewed. The reality is, is that very, very few decks make it that high. Right. And uh, so it's, it's just not a lot of traffic, but if you, yeah, if you put it in just like, you know, twice, once every other two weeks, that maybe could work. That could be a lot of fun. All right. So new set dropped. We just talked about it. Uh, talked about some of the cards. Um, how often does how much does the meta shift when a new set drops? So this is a very interesting because um, the way that arena has shifted upon a mini set release has kind of changed here and there over over the years. So for the last while, when a mini set was released, it wouldn't just be important because there are new cards coming out. It would trigger an entire meta shakeup. Like, I mean that as in, they there would be five different sets, uh, expansions that are draftable in Arena, and they would shuffle that entirely. So you would just get a completely new meta. Like, they'd say, okay, you know, Angoro is out, and uh, Scholomance is out, and, uh, you know, Roscon's Rumble is in now. And it would just be an entirely new... So not only are you getting new cards, it's just completely a different meta. Uh, and that was the case for quite a while. But uh, now, for the first time in years, this meta is a standard meta in Arena. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure if we're going to hear any more about what's uh, coming out. Uh, is, is it uh, Wednesday? Wednesday uh, release? 
Um, yep. But it's it's possible first. we get that meta sh- uh, shift. It's also possible we stick to standard because I think a lot of the feedback has been, you know, obviously cards nowadays are so much stronger than they used to be individually. And so when you're playing arena, you know, you draft uh, a new card, you draft a card from the most recent set, it feels good. And then when you draft a card from five years ago, you're like, this is not even close to competitive because, you know, the new sets are in. So how can I, so it kind of becomes a lottery of, do I get new cards or old cards? And your deck is good if you get the new ones. So the, the fix is, okay, maybe we need to, need to make it a standard meta so that you don't have those feels. Like, I'm literally talking, oh man, what is it even called? Th- three mana, zero, seven, demon, spell damage, plus one. That was draftable, like, in the last couple months. And then you get that versus something like Buffet Biggin, and it's like, okay, what are we doing here, right? Like, these aren't even in the same, like, why are we <laughs> even even having this pick? So I wouldn't be surprised to see the meta remain standard, which would be something completely different from that arena has seen in years. So it's still going to be important, and how important it is is kind of up to the modes team because they have the ability to keep, again, keep the same cards, but shift the offering rates. So you might see, you might see the meta stay the exact same but with new cards and then like a, a slight shift in some classes that are getting some good cards, and that's still a nice change. But you also might see a standard meta where, okay, Bridge Riff was in 70% of decks, and now they have adjusted it. It's only in 20% of decks. Warrior is going to tank. It's going to fall. And 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 your meta, your whole top class is going to shift. Maybe Pack the House is also, you know, much lower. They have the ability to kind of dictate a little bit more of what the meta shift is going to look like. And so I'm honestly a little bit wondering what that's going to look like on Wednesday myself. Um, so usually huge change and I'm hoping we get a good shuffle for arena this time around, but, uh, it's going to be the first, a unique experience this time around than the last few years. How do you feel the, I know one of the things we've always heard is that Hearthstone is, uh, excuse me, arena is a neglected mode in Hearthstone. And that seems to have ebbed and flowed depending on how neglected it's been, how vocal the community has been. Um, where are we right now? Do you feel like we are, uh, are you, are you being heard as arena players are, are you getting enough um, attention or uh, do you feel like you're just kind of getting the table scraps? So that's, that's a really good question because that has fluctuated a lot over the years. I'm not even hundred percent sure there was like a good six months where I'm not even sure there was a, a team dedicated to arena at all. It kind of seemed, seemed abandoned like a, a year or two ago. And it's like, you know, the potential is, is real uh, right now. I think we are far from that. Um, now, I'm not saying there aren't improvements and maybe uh, more consistent changes that I'd like to see made, but compared to where we were, this is a, a world of difference. And I know there's going to be a lot of people out there who play Arena who are like, you know, why hasn't this card been been touched? You know, like, uh, uh, again, I've used Pack the House. Pack the House is a perfect example because it's such an outlier. It's so broken. Shamans right now are like, do you have Pack the House? Congratulations, you've won If you if you don't you're going to, you know, have a rougher time. So why hasn't that been touched? But like that conversation is is fine, right? Like we are getting changes. They're not always going to be perfect in your opinion or whatever. Years ago, there were no changes and we'd have the same meta for 4 months and we'd have a 20% split between that was table scraps. 
we are so uh, you know as card players as as players of any game we're always looking for improvements we'll always have our opinions on what things we wish were changed no matter what you're playing uh, you're you're you know standard same thing why do they give control priests so many resources these games are boring right you're gonna hear that and then if the meta gets too aggro you're gonna hear why do they give aggro decks so many tools this is insane (laughs) there's never gonna be a, a winning scenario for everybody but I really do think that the team, um, it's uh, Matt London's the, the, the developer who is the head of the, the modes department, and he has been more communicative than a, a dev really needs to be. And he's been listening and he's been incorporating changes and he's been, you know, even utilizing advice from, from some, of the, some of the bigger streamers. And that's incredible. Again, I think that goes above and beyond what is required from a developer uh i i'm I'm, i don't know i feel like it's not unreasonable for a developer to just turn off their socials and be like stop bothering me and let me do my job and he he really does and and that team goes goes uh above and beyond to listen and i think they're also kind of you know learning which changes work and learning which changes don't quite affect the meta as much as they'd like but we're seeing changes and that is so much better than what we've had in the past i'm you know I could I could list off a few cards that I personally think, you know, this needs to be adjusted, this needs to be adjusted. But, you know, I play this game every freaking day and, and you know, someone else who plays a couple times a week isn't going to have the same problems or experiences I have. So I think that they are are doing a, a much... It, it, things are much better than they used to be. And I think they are still trending upwards. There's still a few uh, things that ideally could be, you know narrowed in focused up a little more but we've definitely been trending up into a better direction for arena all right cool all right let's talk um let's switch uh gears a little bit and talk about deck building in arena um so Mm -hmm. this is going to be i'm going to combine two of these questions here since they kind of just want to play uh what advice would you have for people uh building decks that are maybe new or maybe not so good at arena and where do the concepts that we know in standard as far as aggro and mid-range and control and and combo where where do those fit in into building an arena deck okay so as far as uh, uh advice that i'd give to players who don't maybe play as much arena or are a little newer is uh to make sure that you are drafting for your curve and for early tempo more than focusing on big late game cards that are flashy and good i think i think a, a big mistake people often make is um ignoring two drops and three drops and taking uh, cards that are a little more expensive, that are better cards, but uh, they end up getting too many, right? They, they uh, keep getting offered, say, you know, a two mana, even a two mana two three. If you don't want to miss that, and it sounds crazy, it's a river croc, and we're in twenty twenty three playing Hearthstone, but <laughs> tempo tempo is is key in arena, and every single expansion you'll hear. Uh, you might even catch me saying it in frustration <laughs> where it's like, oh, does tempo even matter because this happens and this happens? And in Arena, the answer is yes. Tempo is the most important thing in the the game and it still remains to be true. You want to hit your two drop, you want to hit your three drop, even if it's not a premium card and then you want to continue into your, your mid game. So a lot of people will turn down, you know, uh, uh, right now, five, there's a lot of good fives. You know, you play a Shaman, Harkoner of Dread is really good. You've got a Gangplank Diver is, is quite strong. Immune in Arena is really, really good. Um, and, you know, you've got you've got a Command of Neptalon in that. Uh, you've got a lot of good fives in Shaman. 
And I think a lot of people would pick up like their fourth or fifth five cost card instead of turning down a, you know, uh, whatever, even a gangplank diver for a two mana, two, three, or three, two. And I don't blame them. That's very tough to do. But you really need that base of twos and threes every time in Arena to have consistency. Obviously, there's a, a few insane high rolls where you can play a little more constructed style, but that's extraordinarily rare. Curve, even in a even in the Control Priest. You're a Control Priest. You even drafted two Harmonic Pops. You drafted two Clean the Scenes. Super insane. Lucky. You need twos. You need threes because you can't... Like in Constructed, your whole deck is designed around controlling the board, not just those two cards. In Arena, you can't have that consistency to make sure you're controlling the deck. You need to curve out. So draft twos, draft threes. I aim for about five of each on average. Uh, you know, obviously deck dependent, but you want it. You want to get those. Uh, another bit of advice as well is to focus on stats rather than effects early in your draft. Um, because again, early tempo. I play uh, my River Croc. You play your Wand Maker. Yeah, Wand Maker is a way better card, but that two three into your two two has me at the tempo advantage. And that's sometimes so much more important in Arena. So draft for stats and make sure you play your stats first. Play your River Croc on turn two over your Wand Maker because you want that tempo lead and then you want to come into your value after. Big mistake, big trap people fall into. And I don't blame them. It's uh, you know a lot of fun to slam your tempo early. Or sorry, your value early. Do people draft their legendaries in uh epics incorrectly often based on like what they're used to from standard versus what they actually would do in arena i've seen it happen i think i think a lot of arena players right now are are pretty well versed in what works in arena right it's as it's tough it's a tough mode to really dive into early with the with the gold cost that's a whole other conversation um but you do see it every once in a while you see some Cards that you know are busted and constructed that just are not going to cut it. I think a great example was, um, what is it? The Rod. Mithril, was it Ruined, Ro- Ruined Mithril Rod? What is that called? Exactly. Uh, the, the the Warlock card. Disc- mm, mm. Uh, discount everything in your hand every time you... Um... Yeah, draw four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That card was terrible in Arena, even at three mana. One of the most broken cards in the game, arguably, especially at three mana, card's insane, but the consistency and what you can do with it in Arena just isn't there. It, it, it was awful. And and I would see people, you know, coining it out on turn two in, in Arena, and I just go, this game's over. This game's over, you lose. You cannot do that. You can't do that in Arena. This, is a, this might be an amazing standard player, and they know the power of that card, and they're trying to mirror some stuff they've done in Constructed, but unless you've got like a 1 in 200, 1 in 300 high roll standard draft, it's just not going to happen. You're just giving up way too much tempo to what? What are you discounting? Like in standard, you're discounting a, a entire hand with a plan. In arena, uh, you know, often you're just picking what are the best cards with some synergies, but you're not pulling off any OTKs, you know? Or, or anything like that game-changing. So I've seen it. Rune, uh, Rune Mithril Rod was one I saw a bunch of that it's like standard player. Warlock is insane right now when that was released, but it's not happening here. And a few legendaries the, the same way. A few legendaries the same way. Well, how do you... So so you, you talk about you need to pick your, your curve, right, and get kind of a lot of twos and threes. Uh, 
and we also talked a little bit about synergies, but how often do you try to get those synergies? Like you get a card that's really try really powerful for a tribe. Like let's say turn two, you're presented with legendaries, and one of your legendaries is invincible. Well, you know, so you need undead for that. How often do you try to roll yourself into those, or do you say, "Hey, well, this would be better if I grab a lot of undead, but this card over here, this other legendary, say, I don't know, um, Rag or something like that, would be you just, you know, better without the synergy. So do you, when do you make those decisions and how, how do you make those decisions? So th there's a big difference between how often I do uh, try to go for these synergies and how often you should try to go for these synergies. <laughs> depends, on, uh, depends on the day and whether we're really doing some try hard runs or, or not. Uh, but in general, the rule is, in Arena, consistency, consistency, consistency. First third of the deck, first half of the deck, if you don't have already that synergy, it is usually incorrect to go for. Now, it's a little bit different this meta because um, it's the start of the new year, and so there are a lot fewer cards in Standard right now than there were uh, a couple months ago. So the consistency of rolling certain synergies is a bit higher this meta, and it will only get less consistent as we get more cards, right, in each expansion to the standard pool. So you might not be punished as much but right now, but even still, um, you generally want to take a more consistently strong card without conditions than a potential high roll that could whiff. Almost always. You know, it's, it's about the long term, right? In one single run, you might luck your way into a 10 or 11 by getting the perfect synergy cards offered. But if you play that same deck and make that same pick a hundred times, your your total average is going to be worse by trying to force synergies and just picking worse cards in general because of it. So it's generally not correct early. You get to the 15, 18 pick mark and you can start filling in some synergies a little more there. And, and sometimes, you know, you're offered legendary, say you are offered invincible. And your other options are the darkness and, you know, I don't know, something else equally as terrible. Yeah, you're going to take Invincible and you're going to say, okay, these cards are so bad that I might whiff on this, but it's worth the risk because it's the other cards are just too terrible. So there is a little bit of a balancing act there on do you go for the synergy? If you've got a good option, a similar option without synergy, no, you don't. If your options are terrible... Sure. Uh, hope uh, hope for the best. Okay, so now I know you're not a good Hearthstone player because you just turned down a 2020. Um, <laughs> so we we've talked about synergies. We've talked about um, we've talked about planning your curve a little better. What are some other common mistakes that people make when drafting their arena their arena decks? Hmm. Let's see here. I think. Um, I, you know, we we even just touched on. I think force trying to force archetypes is uh is one that people do you know even if they get say you get offered like you're a you're a druid and you get offered two acorn bearers really good one drops in arena and in general uh great for uh token synergies awesome i think that a lot of uh beginners go great i've got the start to my token deck and that makes sense hopefully you do get uh some more token support and you can lean into that archetype but then, you know, after that, you get offered uh, three cards that have no token support and a card so premium that, you know, even just stuff like uh, good fours and fives that lean you more mid-range, sometimes people will take uh, a worse earlier drop to try to force that token archetype more. 
when it's like you might get two acorn bears right off the bat and then the rest of your deck leans you even more heavy and you know acorn bear is a fantastic card in any deck in arena so like you don't don't fight your deck right i think that's that's a big one is people sometimes fight what their their mat their uh, offerings are giving them to force something that they have an agenda for you gotta you gotta let your your draft decide uh, a few things I've gone uh, looking for... That being said, there are certain archetypes that are more consistent and you want to hit, but don't don't fight your draft because of it, you know? I draft a hunter. Uh, I usually have a plan of being very aggressive, finishing off, them off with my, my hero power. That's the class. Class's core strength. Sometimes I just get a bunch of unbelievably powerful fives and sixes, an eight-drop legendary versus bad stuff, and uh, some deadly shots and some more control tools. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm doing a control hunter because that's what I'm being offered here. Where some people might be like, no, that doesn't work. I'm going to take the two drop, the one drop and try to just force it. So don't, don't force your deck to do something it's not doing. Don't fight your list. You can lean away or whatever, but I think a lot of people fight what they're being offered because they, you know, have an agenda on their mind that their deck doesn't agree with how how premium is removal and does it obviously you'd rather have the removal that comes with uh a st removal on a stick per se something like a rottenest drake like you said it's really powerful but how how premium is just things like flame strike and and that kind of thing like do you want to take as much of that as you can or is that so I, I, not necessarily as much as you can, but it is extremely premium. Hard removal and AoE are stuff that just take... If you don't have them, like having even one copy of a Flame Strike in a mage that has no other AoE just takes your deck to a new level. Uh, making sure... Like early on, sometimes I, I know Holy Nova is always a good example in Priest because they have so many good cards that you can get offered. And often I will take a Holy Nova over a statistically better card because it does something unique, right? Like, loading up with a bunch of the same kind of card, like just good minions, is obviously not going to be as good uh, for an overall deck as having utility in different ways. So I would be taking, a, like, a Holy Nova over a card with even a 1-2% higher win rate because it's like, okay, I want AoE, and now I have it. I don't know that you need to take every single one, but prioritizing your first hard removal in AoE is definitely huge. Um, and also, like, a couple pieces of each really just escalates your deck to be a lot better than if you don't have those. They are very, very premium. Okay. Uh, moving back into the actual gameplay, uh, how hard is it for a standard player to play Arena? Like, what I mean is, like, the mindset of a standard player is you're used to your meta and you you have a plan and all that how how different do you have to think as an arena player versus say a standard player it's it's such a fascinating thing because they are really completely different modes with their own unique metas and like i said talking about uh, rune mithril rod sometimes you'll see standard players who could be great at standard coming in and just not quite nailing what needs to be done in arena um i think that it's, it's a matter of just getting... I, I think that you'll, like... If you play standard and you're good at standard, you I think you have a potential to be very good at arena as well. You just need a bit of a learning curve into the intricacies of arena. Like, uh... And I think the best players of all time just tend to have both, you know? Like, I look like... Uh, Language Hacker is a guy who's made, like, number... Uh, we actually tied for number one the, the one month. Um, who can do... 
very extremely well at, a, at an arena and constructed and knows how different they are and the intricacies of both. And so you can, you know, like being able to recognize cards that'll be good in one and not in the other. I think that for just standard players who have never played arena, it take, it's a learning curve. You're not just going to walk in and and, uh, and be good at the mode. You're going to make wrong picks that might be better for a constructed setting uh, that just aren't going to work. I, I know I've actually, I've seen a couple standard players uh, and their drafts and I'll see stuff like a, a Paladin that is more control and they'll pick up a Holy Mackie roll against like a premium three when they only have three three drops. And there's certain situations where I can go like, that definitely isn't right here. I get why they're doing it because they've got all this archetype and that's a lot of healing, but it just doesn't matter so much for Arena as hitting that consistent three. Because you can have your archetype all you want. It's not going to be as clean and consistent as a standard archetype. And if you're down on tempo, you're still in trouble. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it is a learning curve, even if you've played a lot of a lot of standard. But if you have played a lot of standard, I think you're going to learn quicker, right? You're gonna you're gonna be a little surprised at a few things. Maybe you'll look at HS replay and you'll, you'll learn those intricacies pretty quick. I think if you play a lot of standard. Have you ever put together an arena deck and had a good run with it and said, you know, this could be a standard deck, and and tried to make a standard deck from a from a vision that you've created from an arena deck. So it's so funny because I've had decks that I tell people, like, I could take this deck in standard and make legend with it. And I am a hundred percent certain I could. And I get all the all the viewers saying, You're you don't know what you're talking about, and like, no way, it's an arena deck. Like, sure it's good, but it's not that good. And I am certain it can. The problem is that usually those decks, the reason they could have competed in standard is because they have five copies of a card that's so busted. <laughs> so you can't bring that into standard. And yeah, you know, uh, you know, if you take uh, a thirty list deck and you take the twenty best cards of it and then multiply it, whatever, it's gonna be better, right? So uh, I've had a few decks like even that four rotness strike deck I talked about earlier. That deck was all premium with the the best of dragon hunters cards, but just with more of them. And that would have I'm not saying it would have just been a, an amazing standard list. I'm not saying it would have been unbeatable. But it would have it would have made legend one hundred percent and and been competitive, but I don't think I have too many decks that have a you know that fit the bill for bringing into standard that would compete right. You need to that's kind of like that cheating the system a little bit to get all those good cards. And if you can't do that, then it's just not as consistent. And usually those decks aren't gonna aren't gonna work. My my first legend ever was with Zelay Hunter, which was that Dragon Hunter there. So gorgeous. Yeah. And would you have run, like, if you could have had an extra Primordial uh, Explorer, you know, would you have thrown that in and taken something out? I'm thinking probably, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where those those busted arena decks come in, you know? All right. So aside from yourself, what other um, top arena uh, streamers would you recommend for our listeners? Oh, there's a there's a hefty list here. Oh, man, I hope I don't forget anybody here. Definitely uh, Dreads is fantastic. Redbeard, hilarious, uh, uh, you know, pretty much like comedy arena guy who's also excellent those are two big ones dose of coffee there's like dozens of us i'm telling you maybe even one dozen um and so dose of coffee save file 17 is fantastic mafundi uh, recently made partner has been having a lot of success there's colst there's uh isherwood who was uh, you know still uh-huh. plays a lot of arena uh here and there he does a lot of other content too but you know always a good time to watch him um let's see neo greg is fantastic 
And these are mostly like all fairly large arena. Like it's kind of crazy with the, you know, uh, popularity of arena as a whole, how many like partnered great arena streamers there are. I think there's a, a great community for it. And, uh, a lot of people who still really like it. I, there's no way I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be forgetting someone who's going to like come by the stream and be like, Hey man, what the heck? And I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but there, there's a lot of, a lot of great arena content out there. hundred percent. Our reach is not that big. You're safe. Um, but they'll um, find it. They'll be like, yeah, <laughs> but, but I will notice that, uh, uh, both Regis and, um, um, Crip were not mentioned. So apparently not good arena streamers. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I could, they, okay, well, sure, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's some streamers, even like Zeddy, like with Chakra, they, I, I wouldn't consider them arena streamers. They're everything streamers. They're just great streamers, you know? All right. So do you have to wrap this segment up? Do you have any final suggestions or advice for our listeners to get involved in arena? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, like, again, I'll, I'll just uh, double down on the importance of making sure your drafting curve twos and threes are so much more important than people realize. The, the other bit of advice I would give to people who are maybe struggling a little bit or, or wanting to get into it is to use HS Replay as a resource. Go to the Arena tab, click on the class you're drafting, and take a look at the deck win rate of cards you're looking at. I think that's probably the absolute best resource to kind of learn what cards perform well in arena uh, and what cards don't. You'll be surprised that some cards you think are good and they are good and constructed that have such low win rates. Obviously any rating system and, and the stats are not going to give you perfect drafts that top players might, might pick, but specifically the deck uh, win rate on arena cards is a really, really strong resource to start the base of your deck and learn which types of cards excel so that's that's a really good one uh i just a side question on this do you use an overlay because i remember like overwolf used to have an overlay that would be like hey we recommend you take this card and now that you're 15 cards in this card looks really good yep yep I, so i do use an overlay now i i mostly do use it for like streaming and for the audience to to look at I think when you play as much as me, you do have a lot of the numbers memorized and you, you, you know, kind of when you see it, um, it's called arena tracker, the tracker I use. And it's, it's a, um, tracker that combines different numbers. So it uses the hearth arena rating and we'll show you the hearth arena rating of a card. And it also takes from HS replay and shows that it used to use the light forge rating system from, uh, Advoca and Merps, the grinning goats. When, uh, when they were doing that, they discontinued that a bit ago. So only the two now. But it's kind of just like a like a little bit of a meta a bit of information to tell you the different ratings on it. Great resource, and I think the more information, the better. Again, you know, drafting the absolute best deck will require a level of deck building a bit beyond the the numbers and the rating systems. But they're an, an incredible resource for any caliber of player up to like even like bottom of the leaderboard, like when it was two hundred. I think could benefit from that more. It's just like an extra level to get above it. So if you're looking to learn deck, deck win rate on cards is going to be the best. All right. Well, I think I'm getting full doc. How about yourself? I think I might, but you know, I might have a little room for dessert. Yeah. Dessert sounds good. Uh, so listeners, uh, whether you enjoy the show or think there's things we could improve, we'd really appreciate that you leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. It uh, just helps us point us in a direction to improve because uh, we like the show and we want others to like the show as much as we do. So your input matters and it's appreciated. Uh, Judge, where can people find you? 
So I am on Twitch Tuesday to Saturday at twitch.tv slash judge. You know, got that simple judge. I was pleased with that when I emailed them and they accepted that. Uh, also on Twitter uh, at hi, my name is judge. Same name for YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash C slash hi, my name is judge. Wonderful. Thank you, Tito. Where can people find you? At? You can find me on Twitter at Twitch at Tito Santana HS. Um, I stream most nights, 9 to 12 Eastern Standard Time. Mostly Hearthstone. Sometimes not. Oh, oh speaking of that, um, I do owe uh, Daniel Stormrage Sheldon an apology. Because I used to always make fun of him. Eh, because Blizzlet would always have, there'd be a new mini-set announcement. And all this news, and I'd be the first time I was listening to Blizzlet and the Times, I was like, oh, there's a new set. I am so excited. And they had an arena episode. So we have now <laughs> just come full circle. Daniel, I'm sorry. I get it now. <laughs> Doc, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Doc McButt. Uh, Judge, is there anyone you'd like to shout out today? Um, let's see. Uh, my mom for always believing in me. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I give a shout out to Boozer TV who doesn't stream anymore, but is a hundred percent the guy who got me into arena with his early raid. Uh, Boozer, you know, one, again, like I said earlier, one of the best arena players and without his raid, I, I, who knows what I would have been doing, but it I would not, might not have been arena. So really fortunate for that. And, and, uh, a shout out to the grinning goats who's uh light forge podcast and rating system both on a little bit of hiatus as they, uh, you know, get more into their family life and that, and also a huge part of the arena community and, and my, my upbringing into the community as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Tito, how about yourself? I'm going to shout out Ridiculous Hat for rec recommending Judge to come on the podcast. Uh, I hopped in. I, I'd jump on that too. Our hat's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, no, Um. so we was originally had Lucky as a friend of the, the pod and friend of just, you know, our communities that was going to come in and do the arena when we came around to it. And uh, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, Lucky, I think it's time to do an arena show. And he's like, I haven't played it in months. But we appreciate that um, he was ready to do that. And um, so I reached out in the coin community, the coin can see community arena chat. And I was like, hey, who would you guys recommend? And the first person that hat recommended was Judge. I, I messaged to him. Days later, he got back to me. And um, said, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so we and we judge, we appreciate you having on having you on. It's been great. Well, thanks uh, so much for having me. This was great. You know, a lot love to chat about arena. It's great. Uh, Doc, how about yourself? Any shout outs? Uh yeah, so this kind of ties into what I've been doing outside of Hearthstone because I forgot to mention it, but I want to shout out my brother. Uh he took me to our first Pokemon pre-release since like three sets ago and we both went oh two and we met into the loser grand final at oh three and i beat him and that felt really good because i don't think i've ever beat my brother in a pokemon event ever uh so yeah suck it ben <laughs> and uh judge thank you so much for coming on the show it's been absolutely. a lot of fun yeah, absolutely thanks thanks for having me Doc, um, I have a question for you, though. Have you caught them all yet? No. You no, that's that's a hard job to do. Okay, f fair enough. Um, well, anyway, I think that's it for us. We're toast. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.
lie two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic it's bread and butter with one another let's start up that recording light <laughs> <laughs>